We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. It's Thursday morning, the 26th. It's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always in these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? Are you uh, looking forward to uh, tonight's game? I can't even tell you who's playing. It's uh, Thursday Night Football, right? It's the I don't Bucks. know who's playing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's kind of like it's turned into like programming. It's like, well, what's... You're gonna watch. Growing up, Thursday night was was Cosby Show, and then, um, what came on after that? Frasier, I think. And then it became Friends, or not for, but Cheers. It was Cosby Show, Cheers, and then it became Friends and Friends. And and so Thursday night was programming. That's kind of how it is now. It's like, what's the show about? I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm watching. Who's playing? Yeah. I don't really even know. I don't because I'm not playing fantasy football, so I haven't had to set a lineup. Um, so I'm just Bucks and Bills. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm interested. So, yeah, I'm watching. I just don't know who's playing. <laughs> yeah, for uh, Broncos country, if you're interested in, uh, you know, maximizing every single ounce of uh, draft uh, draft order juice, uh, you want the Buccaneers to win tonight because the Broncos play the Bills, and that strength of schedule is probably going to come into play uh, whenever you're drafting. Uh, Broncos right now are seem to be middle of the pack in that strength of schedule uh, right now for the teams picking at the top, but... Yeah, that should be a fun game. Let's say hello to some people coming in here. Uh, we got Donald Willis in the house and good morning, Nick Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, Donald. Hope you're doing well. David says, been a long night in the hospital getting out today. I wish they would beat Kansas City, but I would not bet my house on it. Hope you're well, David. I don't know if you are in the healthcare industry or if something else is going on. I remember. No, you- David, he, he follows up on this and he's had some some trouble with his lungs. So hope you're hope you're okay. doing all right, David. Yeah, damn, man. I remember you mentioning like, I feel tired. I'm not going to be here tonight, but uh, well, if your lungs aren't working that well, then that would make sense why you're not feeling so well. So hopefully you're feeling better. Uh, we got Jeremy Sean in the house saying, morning, boys. This is a game that even if you are wanting a top pick, you're okay with beating the Kansas City Swifts. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into it. You know, the possibilities for the Broncos in this game coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Last I saw, there was some snow in the forecast, uh, which is pretty wild considering it was mid-70s uh, last Sunday at the Packers game. But um, yeah, no, it's going to be fun to watch. Scott, I'm be honest with you. I mean, we're kind of following the draft order stuff. And if the Broncos had a top, you know, two pick, that'd be a lot of fun to discuss the quarterback possibilities. But I don't really root actively for the draft pick until you're probably at about week four when things become really, really real. I mean, I'll never forget 
there's two incidences that come to mind for me about you shouldn't have cheered for a loss. Okay, well, you know, sliding glass doors, whatever the heck that show is, the Broncos beating the Raiders in would have been 2020, I believe. And it was a last minute. Uh, the Shelby Harris batted down a two-point conversion versus the Raiders to beat them. Okay, cool. Broncos end up going from pick 10 to 15. You could have probably had Tristan Wirfs there at pick 10. He ended up going 13 instead to get Jerry Judy at 15. I mean, a five-pick swing based on a meaningless week 17 game. Woof. And the one that hurts the most is the other end. The Broncos return the favor, Scott. Broncos lose to the Raiders. Raiders fall from pick two to pick four. Instead of getting Nick Bosa, they get Clellan Farrell at four. I mean, imagine Nick Bosa on the here's, Raiders. Here's the thing, dude. It's not about who you take, okay? Yeah, you didn't get Tristan Wirfs. But who could you have gotten at that spot? Justin Jefferson. Okay. So, again, let's go back to getting it right in the draft, which is hard. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy. And, and doing that with hindsight is one thing. But your heart will not let you root in the moment against your team. It just won't. You can be a, a, a cynical SOB like me and be like, good, I knew they were going to blow this. Go ahead and throw the gopher ball and fumble, you freaking morons. But it's, it's a, still a patch. You still want them to win. You're just kind of – revel in the misery of losing sometimes you know the more you suffer the more it shows you really care right so again it's not that you didn't get tristan Wirfs; it's that you didn't jerry judy didn't turn out to be jeff and jeff jefferson if, if he did then you're you're happy yeah. you, it works out just fine and again we talked about this with some trades before i'm sure there were players after the, the 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 Raiders pick that were better than the one they did pick. <laughs> you know, yeah. it didn't matter that they were picking four. It matters who they picked at four because the Raiders have had a long distinguished history of stinking up the draft here in the past few decades. Yeah, there's a little bit of the randomness and volatility that comes the further from the top, right? Obviously, and Nick Bosa was about as sure thing as you could have had it in that class. Uh but we returned the favor and I think uh we actually did the better of the trade because um, Judy's much better than Colin Farrell, whatever the hell he's at uh, these I'm days. Interested. I'll look at it. Real quick. I'm, I'm interested. Um, who were the next like three picks? Devin White was one. Josh Solid. Allen. Okay, you would have been was. better off there. So 2019, it goes Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Quentin Williams, Clellan Farrell. I thought he was an actor. Uh, Devin White, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, TJ Hawkinson, Ed Oliver, Rashawn Gary. Chris Lindstrom uh, would be a, probably a top five or six pick in a, in a redraft. So again, Dexter Lawrence, you know Jeffrey Simmons, Brian oh, Burns, man. Brian Burns should be there too. I think uh, Montez what was pretty good. Um, you know, so it, again, it's there's players to be had. It, it's about it's about getting it right. But yeah. that said, when you're targeting a specific guy for a specific need. You need your quarterback. It feels a little different. It does. Yeah. It does feel a little different in that case. But you're not going to. And in this case, for sure, the streak, man, to hell with the draft picks. You got to end yeah. that streak. If it costs you five spots in the draft, I don't care. Neither do you win the game. Yeah. Especially at this point in the season. Uh, that's pretty much my main point. You know, weeks, uh, we saw it a few years ago. Um, the only case that I can ever think of of a team that appeared to be actively tanking was the last game of the year where the Eagles played. They sat there starting quarterback and they played Nate Sudfeld and it ended up flipping their pick by like six and like, oh, oh we just wanted to see what he had. No, you didn't. That was well, one of the that Cardinals like, last year. You pointed that one out when they're, you know, oh, they're yeah. cutting guys because they they 
they're they're cutting guys so they don't have to pay them a bonus or because the pick would have accelerated or something like yep. that. I mean, that's tanking. That mm-hmm. is flat out tanking. You know, oh, you never want to tank. Well, there is a difference between building for the future and tanking, and sometimes they're one and the same. Yeah. I just, I'll never forget that uh, Eagles game where it's like, oh, they are straight up trying to get safeties and stuff. It looked like out there. But uh, Bama X coming in here saying, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Bama X. Jamal Killian saying, morning, Broncos country. Got Philip Hagginson in the house saying, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well, Phil. We appreciate you. And we got Gary Palmer coming in with a 1999. Says, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Always looking forward to Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Go Gary, we appreciate you coming in and supporting the show and getting the ball rolling on the uh, the super chats here today. Jesse comes in and says, "Does anyone know the over under on how many times they will show Taylor Swift during the game?" It probably would be. What would you set it at, Scott? Six and a half, seven. I've watched and- one of those. I don't pay attention to it, so the only time I've watched a Chiefs game is on um, condensed. Okay. So, and, and I've fallen down the rabbit hole of the Instagram reels where I spend way too long flipping through those. And if it says anything, even if it's a joke about, I'm starting to treat her like the sick bug. I'm like, I don't want to say it. <laughs> I don't, I don't want my, my phone's in airplane mode. I don't want it to, I don't want it to pick up. I scroll as quick as I can. I'm like, good Lord, enough and nothing against her. It's just not for you. Know, you. The overexposure is it's, it's enough. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I want to watch football. One and the same, Scott. One and the same. We're, they're going to have the Taylor Swift suit up here. Name soon. a song of her. Oh wait, there was one in the the kids movie in uh, Sing. I, no I think it was. You see, you don't. Know, I I know the kids movies. Yeah, um, no idea that uh, Reese Witherspoon's character sang the the pig. God bless. I think you. that was Taylor Swift. But I, I don't. I'm not into popular music. I just don't care. Yeah, Scott's much more of a Chopin guy. Uh, Eddie Vasquez coming Closer in. Than, 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 than what they call Facebook. pop these days, the, yeah. the canned <laughs> pop music. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Eddie Vasquez, morning, y'all. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well. We appreciate you. Um, we got Aaron Wagner coming in. And personally, the Broncos beating the Chiefs would be mostly bittersweet. Conspiracy theorists in me wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs let Denver win. That would inflict max pain to ruin in my draft and keeping the team is mediocre. The Chiefs are not going to uh, lose the game for anything with the Broncos. They don't give a hoot who the Broncos draft. They got Patrick Mahomes, right? I think that's you know kind of fun to talk about, but they're in the midst of trying to compete and secure that number one seed. And man, that number one seed is gold nowadays that you only have one team with a buy. I mean, if you can get that, cha-ching. So I don't think they're going to be doing that. There's just too many contenders in the AFC to uh, do that. I mean, the, the Ravens yeah, look the, crazy. The buy is actually beneficial in football, not so much in baseball. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Uh, RIP Braves. Who are you pulling for in the World Series? I, I don't know who's in it. I think Michael said Arizona was in it, and then I don't know who won the other side. Uh, I, I think it was Astros and Rangers. After game one of the Braves against the Phillies, I turned it off, and I have not looked at it since. Game one. Well, I had enough. I'm like, I don't do playoff baseball. It pisses me off to no extent. And I love playoff baseball, but I've had a lot of good experiences with the uh, the Cardinals. So uh, <laughs> you never know. We got Bugmeister coming in saying, oh, yeah, I caught the big dogs live. Good morning. Hope you all have an awesome day. It's snowing over here in Utah. Well, stay safe. Get that shovel. Yeah, we had some big, uh, big uh, snow come through the passes here in Washington this week. Yeah, unique prepping coming in here saying good morning. Good to see you. Robot of Doom. Mr. Mr. Smouse is always a nighttime guy. So good morning. Good morning. Glad to have you here. I don't recognize the uh, name Unique Prepping. So good to see you in yeah, here. Yeah, uh, Zachary Smouse. Because I always okay. remember Chad saying Zach. Uh, Smouse in the house. I grew up with a, a Smouse family. Um, John and Jason were the brothers. And they had an older one. So I always remember the name. And uh, always in at night. So welcome in. Good to see you. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Robot of Doom saying four to five inches. Of snow, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, right now in Colorado, major fog in the area. Um, 15 to 20 minutes away from the stadium. Well, hope to get to work safe. Scott has been sending me weather events. They had a super fog in New Orleans. Hopefully you're not dealing with any super fog out there in I Denver. Contracted the plague on my daughter. She's been wiped out since she got back after taking a couple huffs of that methane-filled swamp gas fog. She's been knocked out for two days since they got back from New Orleans. Hmm. I also saw there's a red flag warning in a lot of Colorado this week. So uh, make sure you don't set any goddamn fires. Um, and Scott's a little bit out of focus there. There we go. Keith Brugman in the house and good morning, Nick and Scott dug out a foot of snow yesterday, another six to eight inches in the morning. See, he prefaced that one with snow. So that's good to hear. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it's coming, man. Winter, winter is coming. Uh, Holy Diver saying, hey, Nick is back. I assume he got eaten by a bear. <laughs> no, not eaten by a bear. Um, just uh didn't see any bears in uh, Colorado. I don't think there's that many in Rocky Mountain. But uh, nope, no bears for me. Not this time. I would, if, if reincarnation's real, I would love to come back as a grizzly somewhere in an Alaskan national park. But other than that, no, no bears for me. Ernie Mays said, hello, Broncos country only. And Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Hope you're doing well. Um, Joey, also just the conflicting um, nature. Oh, 
Did I freeze there? I'm back. Just okay, for Joey a with the conflicting it, nature. It went okay. It says, my wife was really confused when I was kind of mad that we won. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, everybody can fan their own way, but uh, they don't understand the uh, the hope of a top draft pick, I guess, and the hopelessness. This one's different. That, yeah. This week's different. Everybody should be rooting to beat the Chiefs. I don't care draft pick or not. This, if if there wasn't the streak, I could say okay, whatever. But this one's this one's different. And frankly, again, like I said, your heart will not not let you be unhappy if you beat the Chiefs. If you're a Broncos fan, I promise you. Oh, we could help finally. Yeah, beat the damn Chiefs. It's it's just a difference with a rivalry. You never want to lose to them. Yeah, yeah. God, it'd be nice to break that streak. Lance says a winless streak against the Chiefs has to be broken sometime. Why not this weekend? Why not this weekend? That'd be great. Quentin Caldwell says, morning, everyone. I wish I was at the meet and greet. We do, too. Um, we have a chance to beat the Chiefs. We have been keeping close to semi-close games with them. Yeah, the Broncos have throw, You've been able to throw out the records for the most part as far as the, the competitiveness of the games, even when the Broncos have been really bad. They've been able to hang with the Chiefs most of the time, ever since the Vic Fangio era, uh, which is, you know, that's four or five years here. But maybe even six years, God. Um, but, uh, yeah, they have not been able to punch through. Maybe this is the week. Uh, the Broncos played the Chiefs significantly better than we saw what the Chargers did. They're coming off a win. Uh, the run game for Denver looks competent, maybe even a plus uh, going forward. So, yeah, the Broncos have a chance. Why not this week? It'd be great to see them win. And they have have a little confidence after playing them close last time. Yeah, the the, the offense has shown flashes. The defense is improving. Uh, we played them tight last time. I mean, again, mm -hmm. there's a chance. The thing that if you can beat the Chiefs, you can beat anybody. Okay, but but stringing together in back to back weeks and showing any kind of consistency is tough. If you beat the Chiefs and then go on the road and beat the Bills, now I'm listening. Um, mm -hmm. But that's you know two in a row. You know you think it was luck. Let's do it again. Two in a row tells me something, but that's what made it so hard on yourselves is losing those first two games that you shouldn't have lost. And now you basically have to beat the Chiefs and the Broncos if you want to have any kind of season. Or are we past that? I mean, I think most of us are pretty much past that idea. Mm -hmm. And we're focused on, okay, how high are we going to pick in the draft here? Just because of the, the bad start. If you're not going to beat the Commanders, if you're not going to beat the Raiders, are you really going to beat the Chiefs and the Bills in three out of four games in the second quarter of the season it's gonna be tough yeah I mean, this is the broncos super bowl this week if they win this one i think everybody would could whatever happens Hank. the rest of the year <laughs> i mean you could live with whatever result happens the rest of the year if you can beat the chiefs uh here at denver everybody's tired of it um i have friends you know co-workers oh you see taylor swift i'm like why did it have to be the goddamn chiefs uh so yeah beating them would be very nice i don't know what the spread is right now we'll get into that here in a bit but uh, will be, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, we got so Jay Rope. Eight and a half would be my guess, just based on the home game. It was pretty close the last time. Um, I'm guessing because it's the Chiefs, that might be a national game for me. I haven't looked at 506 Sports to see if, uh, what's on. 82.6% uh, chance of winning for the Kansas City Chiefs. The line is minus seven. The over under is 45 and a half. Should be a good one. So um, that's, that's about. Knock it down 27 to 20, 26, 19. About that, about that uh, is, is close to what they're predicting as far as the numbers go. Should be a good one. I'm uh, so Scott would take the uh, the Broncos on the money line there if uh, you think it's eight and a half. We'll see who's all healthy. Uh, we can get into that too here, Scott. The Broncos injury report is about as clean looking as we've seen it in, I can remember. 
Uh, Jay Roper coming in and say, so either Sean has been incompetent in times or he's trying to tank, uh, i.e. the timeout he took before half in the Chiefs game. Uh, I don't think he's trying to tank. I think it's just a little bit of rust and trying to figure out this team. Um, so team is not super duper talented. I also think that Russell Wilson has been playing good statistically. There's, I think he's been playing in a 10 to 18 range if you're ranking the quarterbacks. So about uh, slightly above average, uh, but he's leaving some things on the field as well. I mean, we can just see it. I think you can see the frustration with uh, Sean sometimes as well with it, but it's getting better. Uh, we got Ruben coming in saying, it's funny. Do people actually watch the games? We haven't beaten anyone. We had a soft schedule and we stink. What in, in the right mind thinks we have a chance to beat the Chiefs? I know we want to stop the streak, but come on now. You want to bet they win? I don't think so. So stop. Any given Sunday, Ruben, I mean, we just saw the results last week. Tyson Bajant and his arm wrestling father beat the Raiders. Nobody gave him a chance there. Uh, we had the Bengals beat the Bills. I mean, nobody really saw that one Patriots, coming. Even Patriots. worse. It was the Patriots beat the Bills. Patriots beat the Bills, excuse me. And we had the uh, Giants beat the Commanders. And the Vikings beat the 49ers. I mean, the Vikings beat the 49ers. That's why you think you have a chance. Mm-hmm. Now ask us who we think is going to win. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we think is going to win? We think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. Does that mean they're going to? Probably. ESPN mm-hmm. says there's an 83% chance. Does that mean it's an absolute? No, but if I was betting my life on it, I'd pick the Chiefs. Yeah. You play to win the game. Parody is in the NFL. This isn't Alabama versus, you know, Southern Baptist children of the blind state. Um, you, you got a chance in the NFL. Yeah, and, and you can take weeks off in the NFL. I mean, last year, the 49ers, the 49ers, they made it to the NFC Championship game, I think. 49ers got beat by the Broncos and the Falcons. Um, who did ja- Jacksonville beat somebody the year before? that? They think they beat the Bills in 2021. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. Does it? Th- do we think we're going to happen? No. <laughs> but there is a chance. There is a chance. And why can we discuss what has to happen for it to, for, for the win to happen? A lot of things have to go right. Hey, gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite. But you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Yeah. Bad teams win all the time in the NFL against good teams. I mean, just one of my favorite examples is the I think it was 2013. The Chiefs were on their way to having the number one overall pick, and the Packers were like 11 and 0 or something undefeated, and went into Arrowhead and got smoked by the Chiefs. I mean, just sometimes it happens. They're professionals. Uh, so this is the NFL. Uh, we got Brian Dunn saying Broncos breakfast starring Kendall Kennedy, as Statler and Waldorf. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, this is a, sometimes I do feel like a Muppet. So that's a, that's definitely okay, the, like, the vibe. Did that one go. No, 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 no. I, yeah, okay, yeah, those that, guys are the a, best. That's a that's a I, I got that reference. Yeah. No, absolutely the best. Andrew Lampy said, morning all, we'll have to watch later. It's Squattober. Thanks, as always. Well, uh, not skipping leg days, so I uh, hope you're enjoying Squattober. It's uh, not many days left. 
My son is enjoying, he's uh, he's strong as a freaking ox and just got into weight training. And now he's enjoying that at 14 years old, he's lifting more in certain lifts than I ever did. Do you think he, he's up to like 275 in squats? He's 14 and just started lifting in June. Could you do that? I'm like, dude, no, I never could squat 275, kid. You're strong. Quit fishing. <laughs> and I told you, you were going to be bigger and badder than me. You're just not ever going to be meaner. Don't forget that. So he's enjoying it. Squat Tober. Like it. And then uh, you got the mustache from November. Nick's already in there. Looks like Nick's frozen up a little bit on me. Oh, there he goes. Nick's Nick's way ahead on the uh, on the November stash. Yeah, good to uh, good to see you. We also got Austin Ryder saying 2011 Cardinals were an all time elite team. Yeah, very fun. I think uh, Quinton's talking about uh, being a Cub fan here, if I recall correctly. So uh, getting a little baseball talk in there. Donnie coming in saying go Broncos. We need to get the line right first, then maybe get a new defensive coordinator. Scott, I did a lot of digging into the data surrounding Russell Wilson and the offensive line this season. Uh, Mike McGlinchey's stats in pass protection are about as bad as you could <laughs> believe. Um, I think he's the Broncos right tackle has given up the third highest pressure rate of any uh, right tackle in football so far this season. But left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, they're all playing at really high levels in pass protection. Uh, 60% of the pressures given up so far this season, you can either uh, put them on the right tackle or the quarterback. Uh, and that was really the big data setting. Russell Wilson, third in time to drop back. Uh, he's had, I think, the fourth most pressures of uh, when the ball comes out in 2.5 seconds or more and the sixth least in 2.5 seconds or less. What does that say? A lot of the pressures and the offensive line losing out there is because the quarterback is holding onto the football. Now, that's not an indictment, specifically on Russell Wilson, who's playing fine football this year, but more so his style of play makes the jobs of the offensive line significantly harder. Therefore, they look worse from time to time. So we have an offensive line has been okay for Denver. Some of that, though, this is the chicken of the egg. You know, when you're back there and you've never had the protection that you've really felt comfortable with, you start getting happy feet. You'd like to think it wouldn't happen to a veteran who's been around a long time, but he doesn't show a willingness or an ability to step up into the pocket and throw. And I'm sure he can. And that could be, you know, he, he leaks early. Mm -hmm. And historically, he's been able to outrun guys. He spins out, he, he, he moves out, he creates a moves the pocket, so to speak. He creates a new, new throwing angles by getting out of the pocket. He's lost a step. Uh, people are on to that. And, you know, his protection coming from the right side hasn't been great. So he bails early. And that causes you to hold the ball longer. It's it's so for me, it, it's would he feel more comfortable? Would he get better if his right tackle got better? I, I think that would be one of the questions because McGlinchey's not gonna get better if Russ is getting rid of the ball quicker. He's still giving up pressures. But would Russell be better if McGlinchey starts blocking better? The answer for that one for me is probably yeah. One thing I will say, and going back and watching the all 22 with uh, both offensive tackles, honestly, but one of my frustrations with Wilson and the pressures that they're giving up is, and I call it the Trevor Simeon experience. The tackles have a landmark that they has, they're supposed to get to in their dropbacks. And I see Bulls more so than McGlinchey, but both of those guys hitting their landmarks in their pass reps, and they have leverage against the pass rusher. Russell Wilson drifts or looks to, escape out the back door. Well, once you do that, your angle is off. Speed rusher is just going to go right around you. It's a pressure. Well, I had my guy where I right. was supposed to be at the landmark, but guess what? When you 
move back, you know, three yards, I lose that angle. And I saw that. Yeah. I mean, classic Russell Wilson trying to bail out the backside of the pocket and scoop around, but that's something that you watch that in contrast, like Kirk cousins this last week, who's stepping up, always staying square, throwing balls, even though he's not an athlete, but he's always staying in phase. It's a different uh, experience for the pocket related on time aspect of the quarterback play. That's very frustrating with Wilson. And that's why you can't just look at stats, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, he gave up pressures. Did he? No, he, he did his job. The guy, Went to the outside. Well, after you go to the outside, if if Bowles is dropping back and he's got his space in the pocket and Russell Wilson leaks, well, he's no longer in position to even block that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone outside of him, and now there's a straight line between the defender and and the quarterback because the the uh, the target has moved. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to know the stationary target and the quarterback. Mobile quarterbacks are going to have more sacks. It's mm-hmm. it's counterintuitive, but that's the way it works. They're mm-hmm. holding onto the ball longer. They're extending plays. They're moving outside of the areas where you can be in in the pocket. They're moving out of the pocket that's supposed to be set for you. So they're they're typically giving up more sacks. You know, you know Matt, a bad offensive line and a greedy quarterback like Matt Ryan got sacked a ton. Mm-hmm. He held onto the ball forever just yeah. willing to to stay in there and take a beating. It's a little different. Yeah. Um, but historically, the guys that got sacked the least are some of the most immobile quarterbacks ever. Dan Marino never got sacked. Had a lightning quick release and a strong arm. You couldn't you couldn't get to him. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, one of those guys too. So yes, a mobile quarterback will buy you more time. That's going to extend the time to throw stat. And he will also give up more sacks. You just hope he's making more plays. That's the key, Nick. Are you getting more plays downfield because of it? And, and for the first year and a half, for the last year, the answer was a definitive no, you are not. Yeah, and I don't know if you're getting anything beyond average extension, uh, even if you categorize by time to throw um, in this offense right now. But maybe that'll come. Uh, just we'll see. It's, again, the the. The discussion point wasn't more so Russell Wilson, I think is playing fine football now for what you traded him, what is getting cost. Maybe not, but in the, in a vacuum, he's playing above league average. I'd be, I'd grade him as a B so far this season in, in the quarterback landscape. Uh, but the discussion on the offensive line, I think needs to be a little bit more concrete with data and uh, just variables that we can discuss. Pearl heater saying, hi, good to see you. Pearl heater. We always appreciate you. Keith Brugman with a good question here and something I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, how big of a loss has Greg Dulcich been, both physically and theoretically? Thanks, guys. I mean, we've seen Jerry Judy, even though the volume is not high, I think he's been looking better, especially last week. Cortland Sutton's emerging. Uh, you like to see the, the reps out there with uh, Marvin Mims. You're getting next to nothing pass-catching-wise out of your tight end position right now. Now, Adam Troutman was good in that uh, pick play to Cortland Sutton, but as far as the reception ability, a tight end has been a black hole in Denver so far this season. And for how much 21 personnel and 12 personnel you're seeing out of Denver uh, and historically what Sean Payton has done with the tight end. Uh, I think that's a massive hole on this offense. Now, a lot of times when you have multiple weapons, you want a quarterback who can make multiple reads on the field and do some pre-snap stuff, which with Wilson seems to be more half field, uh, the first read kind of stuff. So maybe having a, a plethora of weapons isn't as beneficial as having just a single dominant guy. Uh, but I think, in theory, having, not having Dulcich in a tight end this season has been a, been a big loss uh, for the offense in many factors. It's tough to tell for sure, Nick, because he's played so little. You know, mm-hmm. He started seven games in his two years, but he has shown flashes. 
and he is a receiving threat and he's a security blanket of sorts mm-hmm. who if, if i am in trouble nick and i need to get rid of the ball quickly i'm looking for the guy out there who's you know six four plus in the middle of the field you know it, within 10 to 15 yards in that area um the the security blanket aspect i think is is missing but it's it's really hard to tell kind of like saying oh, how much they missed tim patrick we don't know i mean you can't count on these guys anymore. That's the problem. I'm not counting on Greg Dulcich for next year. No. I'm I'm certainly not counting on just like I didn't we went through the same thing with KJ Hamler preseason. You know, we got most people understood, but we got some you're giving this guy crap cuz he's injured. I'm like I'm just I'm talking realistically here. Yeah. If I'm the general manager, I cannot count on this person to put on the you know, they always say you are what the back of your trading card says you are. It's, it's kind of a baseball talk. Mm-hmm. KJ Hamler's is, is blank. Greg Dulcich is injured. Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns is injured. I can't trust those guys. I can't know at the end of the season this is what I can expect to get because right now what I can expect to get is an injury. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a lot of work. That's what I've said for for the team building aspect. There's a lot of work that is going to be done in this offseason. And and maybe in the, in the next week. It could it could get started this week. Yeah. Talking about this week, we have Troy coming in saying, Hey guys, what are the best realistic scenarios for trades at the deadline for the Broncos? Um, There is a little bit of buzz that I've heard for the Steelers making calls on Justin Simmons. I don't think anybody's going to pay uh, what the Broncos want for Simmons. I think that their price is a third and they're not going to come off of that. Um, So we'll see. Um, You know, it could be something like multiple day three picks where the package is equivalent to a third round pick. Uh, but I don't think Simmons is going to get moved. I think it is possible that's one of the wide receivers. If I had my druthers, I'd probably be moving Jerry just because I want physical, uh, more physical players. And while Judy's an awesome man beater, I just want bullies out there. And I think Sutton's a little bit more of a bully than Judy. I wouldn't be surprised based on, the again, same with Simmons. We have a price. Nobody's willing to pay that. All right, we're going to keep our guys. Uh, the two right now that seem to have the most smoke and possibility. And you would be only getting like a six round pick and salary cap stuff for these guys, but both linebackers, I think the Broncos would be okay. Moving on from either Josie jeweler, Alex Singleton uh, to get Drew Sanders some reps and just get a, some money off the books and another dart. Um, really, it's not going to be a massive move. It's not going to make huge uh, waves for the Broncos, but I think possible you could see Josie jewel or Alex Singleton before I thought it was for sure jewel, but it sounds like it could be either or um, from what I've heard. I think the only player you're going to move that would return anything a day two would be, would be um, Jerry Judy. Oh, okay. Anything other than anything other than that, I think would be below a day two. Cause I don't, I don't think Garrett Bowles is going anywhere. I don't think I don't you, you can't, you can't afford to trade him uh, from a, we need to put a team on the field unless you go cam Fleming. Um, yeah. But again, I think you might be able to get a third for Bowles, maybe. Um, but I've said fifth for Simmons all along, and it's not—it's just not worth it this year. You're—you're. You're, I'd rather have him for the rest of the season, and then try and if I have to get rid of him, then I'm just—I I make a cut and get that salary cap relief back next year. He's a—he's still a positive influence on this team. I'm not giving that away. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to pay me for it, and I don't think you're getting anything more than a fifth for him just because of the age and the the position. Um, you know, and if you're a casual and you look at his numbers on PFF, why would we be giving up a third round pick for the 67th safety in the NFL? His PFF grade is pretty bad. 
Um, you know, we know better. We know what he's capable of, but he's not an all pro safety right now. He's older and it's a position, a position that isn't of high value. So I've said from the beginning, this is where we were, we differed and we may never know what he was offered, what was offered for him. But I think his market value right now is a fifth. I'd rather keep him. I'd rather keep him yeah. for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, Ken and HB $10 super chat says my dog and I argued after the game. I was happy about the win. He had mixed feelings, but what does he know? He's a dog. <laughs> Great show as always guys. Thank you so much. Ken and dogs know everything. Dog so, was probably uh, happy though. You know, he, he yeah. didn't argue very long. He's like, you know, to, to have the, whatever dogs know, they're happy animals for the most part. You, you give them, give them love. I, I wish I was as happy as a dog. <laughs> and I've been told I have golden retriever energy. So, uh, who knows? Um, we got Garth Knight coming in 99 says number three deserves all the criticism because he's a bad person. According to Sherman McAfee Rogers, all three mentioned are impeccable human beings worthy of questioning his character. <laughs> you had me, you, you had me in the first half there, uh, Garth, but then now uh, you turned it around. Um, yeah. Russell Wilson seems like a good guy. Uh, he's not a top five quarterback and we'll see what happens this off season. Hoping he turns it further around. I hope he has a better game than he did the first one against Kansas city, which was one of his worst games of his career in Denver. I haven't heard McAfee and Rogers be critical of Russell Wilson's character. That sounds out of character for an active quarterback for sure. Hmm. Um, McAfee, maybe I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I hear this stuff from y'all most of the time when you bring it in here and I, I comment in it, but I, I hadn't heard that. That would seem, that would seem really out of character for Aaron Rodgers to say, yeah, Russell Wilson's a bad dude. That, that doesn't jive right for me. Yeah. I don't think it's, I, I don't know anything about it, but uh, thank you for the super chat, uh, Garth. And no, yeah. there's other stuff going on with Russell Wilson. He's too nice. He's an easy target. Um, who was it? Uh, was it Ocho? The, uh, the uh, Emmanuel Ocho is that his name? The linebacker for uh, he, he played linebacker at, at University of Texas. That's where I remember him coming out of high school. And he's on one of the football shows now. But he had he had a soundbite out there. He was like, "Can we quit picking on the guy that's not going to fight back? It's tired." I'm like, "Okay, good for you." Yeah, I. Uh, it's weird because I'm listening. I'm just not understanding. Oh, I'm not <laughs> listening to. Okay, but, but maybe not. Maybe I'm not listening and, and Aaron Rodgers has been out there, but pretty much anything Aaron Rodgers says ends up making enough news that even someone like me that actively ignores it would end up hearing it. But, you know, I've heard Aaron Rodgers saying, Sean Payton, keep your mouth shut. Uh, I heard that, but not necessarily him talking about, uh, again, it's very rare. It's a, it's more rare that an active player criticizes, especially the quarterback criticizes an active player than it is a coach doing that to another coach, which we have seen. Yeah, probably we'll see again, but uh, I think Sean Payton maybe learned a little lesson there. And talking about all these trades and possibilities, we did want to get into uh, Albert Breer on Sports Illustrated reported yesterday that the Broncos are going to listen to trade inquiries on Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Garrett Bowles, Josie Jewell, Justin Simmons, and even Patrick Sertan, Patrick Sertan the second over the next few days, Scott, you and I, we've had this uh, discussion before about all those guys. We have prices and whatnot. Uh, a lot of buzz from fans saying, Oh my God, give up, you know, a second round pick for Patrick Sertan. The uh, second every, everybody's available uh, in the league. That's just kind of how it is uh, for the right price. Obviously there are contracts that make it feasibly impossible, but Sertan. Yeah. He's available. If you give me, you know, 
as you mentioned before the show, your young starting quarterback and three first round picks. For me, I'm not even picking up the phone unless it's three firsts and a second this season as well for Sertan. And even then, it's like, ugh, I might need like a young possible building block player or a you know role player with him as well. So yeah, Sertan's available for the biggest trade for a defensive player in NFL history. Sure. Yeah, and it's funny. I, I've gone through some of the. I think I saw it from the Steelers. The Steelers were talking about him, the Eagles. And I, I went through some of the comments on that. So, oh, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. What would it cost? And then I'd be like, well, the starting point would be two first-round picks to get him to pick up the phone. And then it immediately becomes, no way! <laughs> I'm not giving that up. And people are over in love with draft picks anyway. Yeah. you know. So, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd send two first-round draft picks for Pat Sertan. Absolutely. If that was, if I was in my window. Cost, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, what did Jalen Ramsey... Uh, what was his? It was close to that, and it was two firsts and a fourth. But he was older. He was there being an absolute butt wipe in Jacksonville, <laughs> and he only had one year of control left. Where Sertan has two. Right. So I'm telling, it's three firsts plus a second, or get the hell off my phone. I'm it not interested. Two, it was two firsts for Ramsey, and he wasn't as valuable. No, you know. So and, and it's arguably Sertan's a better player. I mean, that's we'll just we'll we'll leave that off of there and just say all pro corner. Um, but financially it made more sense age wise. It made more sense. Teammate wise, it made more sense. And Ramsey was getting two first round draft picks. So you start putting that in the chat. People are like, no way. It's hard to talk anybody into two first round picks for people are so in love with the hope and the idea of draft picks. It's hard to talk anybody into multiple first round picks for any, any player, let alone a cornerback. You know, if we want to talk about, Micah Parsons, where do I sign up? You know, that's a little bit more tangible than a corner on the back end of the defense, what he can do. That's not quite as obvious as a wide receiver in his numbers or an edge rusher in his numbers. Two first round draft picks for me to even think about hitting that blinking line and saying hello is a starting point. And general managers would be smart enough to say, yeah, here's, here's, here's my first two picks and here I'll throw you a fifth anyway. But it's uh, in in the world of fandom, they were getting real excited about that article that Pat Sertan might be available is available. Till they started reading what it might cost to get him, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's not actually available at all, is he?" No, he's not. Yeah, I mean, available in a sense that it is going to take an unprecedented move. I mean, it's, it's a quarterback trade. Yeah, to the, to that extent. I mean. I'm trying to think like, oh, who wouldn't be available? Patrick Sertan, but let's say like the Bills are sending Josh Allen plus three firsts. Well, then maybe I would take Josh Allen plus the three firsts instead of <laughs> Mahomes. Um, right. But it's that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's not happening um, unless somebody pays an unbelievable amount of money. You still have multiple years left of control with Sertan, and he's also your best trade chip. Let's say you absolutely fall head over heels in love with Caleb Williams in this draft. The only way you're moving up from seven to one. It's not with draft picks. You probably are including Sertan in that and trading him in season means you have uncertainty with the picks. It's probably a team that's picking, you know, 20 to 30 in, in reality, if they're trading for Sertan this season. So I think it's probably better if you, unless somebody absolutely blows you out of the water with a trade, I'm talking again, three firsts and a round two pick this season to start, uh, then it's not happening. So again, and that's, nobody's probably trading that. So Pat Sertan is not available. Yeah. I mean, in the in the real world of how we would discuss availability, Pat Sertan is not available. Yeah. No. 
everybody has a price. No one's going to meet the price of the Denver Broncos. Yep. And if they do, it, it, it would have to be a move that Denver Broncos fans could say, you can't turn that down. Are you stupid? They're going to send you all that. We that, That's an entire defense for us. That's a whole new offensive line. You know, that's that's our quarterback. That's the quarterback for the next 15 years. It would have to be something like that. And that's, that's not going to happen. No. Um, the other one that I thought was interesting is uh, on NFL.com, Kevin Patrick today did the 10 best fits types for trades. And he had Cortland Sutton uh, going to the Carolina Panthers. Now, how good a fit is that actually? If you're Cortland Sutton, do you really want to go to the Owens, the team that's going to have the worst record in football? Is that where you want to go? I mean, I can see why it might make sense for the Panthers. It's okay. We need another receiver for our young quarterback. We're going to invest here. Um, we don't have the number one overall pick that's going to the Chicago Bears, but you've got an $18 million cap hit on Cortland Sutton next year. One, is he worth that? And two, can I ask for a restructure and extension? And would I be able to sell Cortland Sutton on, we want you to take this extension. Yeah, it's going to be less money per year, but it will be maybe more guaranteed over the long haul because we love your professionalism. We want you to come in and help these players become, and this franchise become who we think they can. That'd be your selling point. Otherwise, Cortland Sutton's going to say pound sand. So that that trade doesn't make sense to me. Why would an Owen sixteen make a trade for an older veteran wide receiver? That does not make sense to me at all. They don't have their first round pick already, um, so they're not really have to worry about playing for draft picks. And they need to get pieces in there that are ready made for Bryce Young. I, I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just playing devil's mm -hmm. advocate. Uh, the one thing I have issue with is that I think Sutton is a little bit redundant uh, to a lot of the weaponry that they have right now. They either need, I think a Judy or a true burner would make a lot more sense for that offense versus Cortland Sutton, who's a big bodied uh, player kind of like you already have Mingo. You got Thielen. They need speed and explosiveness. Now Sutton can bring that, bring that to an extent, uh, but in a different kind of way. So I don't know if Sutton's a good fit uh, for them. Now, obviously, if they're calling and say, hey, we'll give you a third round pick. Thanks for your time, Sutton. Uh, we love you. But uh, I, I don't know about the actual skill set fit with Carolina. Yeah, so Sutton, you know, and Kevin says Sutton would give the Panthers the big bodied contested catch wide, wide out the offense desperately needs. He's under contract for the next two seasons. No guaranteed money, which should also be attractive for Carolina, giving the young receiver uh giving young a receiver to grow alongside Sutton's older uh, is he 29 knocking on knocking on that door I mean he's in that window where I don't want to bring along a, I don't want to be a stable pony I want to win just, he just turned 28 okay so he's young young he's still young he should be in his prime but if he's I'm in my prime going for a third contract yeah and I don't want to go to an 0-6 team. I don't want to go to a rebuilding team. I want to go, I want to go to a contender. Yeah. And there's no guaranteed money that so they can cut me anyway. Again, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I if they offer a third, then Sayonara. Hope you enjoy the weather, Sutton. But uh 
We'll see. I just don't think from a Carolina perspective it makes sense. Right. And uh, we'll see. It would be the right move for the Carolina Panthers to give up that third for Cortland Sutton because Cortland's you're not going to get the best out of Cortland Sutton. He's going to want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to follow. Right now I'm more so keeping uh, the guys unless somebody offers you a pick of value. I mean, just getting like a fifth on the books really doesn't do much for me. I need top 100 picks. And I don't know if you have a lot of that value. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see the one that I keep coming back to. I mean, maybe you can move one of the wide receivers. We'll see. Maybe one of the linebackers to free up reps for your 2023 top draft picks, just so you can get those guys experience and uh, just a clear pathway to playing time. But we will see. Um, circling back around here, Scott, the Chiefs game. Chiefs right now have one of the best, uh, most well-rounded teams in football, according to the efficiency stats. Uh, they have the fourth best offense in the NFL in terms of EPA per play and the sixth best defense in the NFL. I believe they are the only team um, with both units in the top 10 so far this season. Uh, so, okay, actually the Ravens as well, both in the top 10. But Chiefs are playing very good football, probably one of the most underrated defenses in football as well so far this season. What is the Broncos' pathway to a potential victory in a gauntlet win versus, you know, like when we talk like, you know, a terrible team going up against a college powerhouse. Oh, you have to win the turnover battle by four and they have to, you know, th- multiple pick sixes, blah, blah, blah. What's the realistic pathway? I think, it's, I think it's pretty close to what we saw in the last game. Win ugly, uh, you know, get some, get some luck in the red zone. God, um, for, forget luck, execute for God's well, sake. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, get, get a little lucky in the red zone, hold them to field goals and get with it, keep it within one score at the end and try and pull one out at, at the very end. What, what do we call it? Suffer ball, mm-hmm. you know, ugly football, control the clock, run the ball. Um, Joey LaGuardia says it was nice when we used to find undrafted gems, run the ball, Jaleel McLaughlin, an undrafted gem of, of a running back. Javante Williams looks fantastic. Mike McGlinchey, his, his strength is running the ball right side. Quinn Miners running the ball. Um, Again, and then it's the cliches. Then then don't turn the ball over. And if you can limit them, they weren't at their best in Kansas City. And it kind of felt like, okay, if, if they were really threatened, they were just kind of toying with the Denver Broncos. It was, I'm not going to say humiliating, but it was disheartening. They're like, these guys aren't playing very well. And they're still comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, let them have another game like that and you play better. The, the Broncos have played better the last couple of weeks. Their defense stood up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now let's get the offense going, trust the running game. And uh, how about a showcase game for uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and turn all this naysaying that I've been saying about what their worth is and knock it up about two draft picks before the deadline on Tuesday. Yeah, for me, this is, I think this is a game where if the Broncos have a chance, you need to have your best run game performance of the entire year. And what we saw against the Packers, I think there is the ability for that to come. I think the offensive line is probably as confident as they have been in, let's say, years, Scott. I mean, they didn't give up a single sack versus the Packers. Um, they ran the ball extremely well overall. I think this is a unit that is A, healthy. Got knock on, knock on wood. Broncos starting the same five to start the year as they are right now. I mean, not many teams can say that. And Eight games uh, in a row? Yeah. So that I think that's big for the unit. I, we want to give a shout-out to uh, Zach Streif, the offensive line coach who they brought over, who's been doing some really good things with them. Uh, First-time offensive line coach. They're doing great, and uh, we'll see how it looks. But, I mean, 
Javante Williams has been looking good. Samaje P. Ryan in the run game. I see people like, why aren't we getting Javante more touches? Well, why aren't we getting Jaleel McLaughlin more touches? They're all playing so well that I want them to have all the touches. So uh, I want to see a very even split game. And also something that I saw in this last game that I really liked, honestly, in the last two games, Scott, the Broncos have been a little bit more exotic with their offensive personnel and alignment in the run game uh, against the Ch- the Chiefs. The first time we saw a look with uh, overloaded to the right where Garrett Bowles was on the outside shoulder of Mike McGlinchey with a tight end playing in that left tackle spot. And they ran power behind the two tackles there. Fun on uh, this last game against the Packers. We saw Quinn Bailey and a lot of sixth offensive line looks out there. Fun. The Chiefs are missing their best linebacker in Nick Bolton, who I think is the one who had that really good interception off of uh, Russell Wilson in the the matchup two weeks ago. So I really, really think that this game is hopefully going to be one where Sean Payton's in his bag with the run game, uh, utilizing those different personnel looks. And uh, hopefully the Broncos can be as efficient and effective as they were against the Packers. Sorry, there's a squirrel climbing up my screen. It sounds like a grizzly bear coming in. You can always know that is it, is it a deer or is it a squirrel? If you can hear it, it's a squirrel. The deer are silent. Those damn squirrels are noisy. Sorry, y'all. It's okay. Um, yeah, the, the you're talking about you know the the changing things up at this point. It's like, well, what do you have to lose? You know, have some fun. You know, go for it. You have to take some chances. If I've got fourth and three on the forty-five, man, go for it. Why not? You know, so you can you can gamble. You can take some risks. Um, and again, you need the defense to step up and play like they've played the last couple of weeks. If they revert at all backwards, you don't have a chance. So the defense, the defense has to be in this game. Like they've been the last couple of weeks to have a chance. Yeah. And they've been playing better. That being said, the Broncos did have a good bit of, I would say relative luck in that chiefs game. I mean, how many exotic kind of fun, fun calls did the chiefs do that didn't work for them, which you kind of mentioned like playing with your food. Uh, maybe they don't do that this week. Uh, the Broncos, well, in the red zone, they were crazy against the Chiefs. I mean, those are things that I don't know how sustainable they are, but at the same time, I don't think the offense will probably play as poor as they did in that first game. So Broncos got a chance uh, in this one. We'll see what happens. Troy Bowers meant to super. Oops. Well, Troy, you corrected that now. So hopefully uh, we'll, we appreciate the uh, the correction there. Nathan says, my seven-year-old son has been telling me he likes the Chiefs. He doesn't understand those are fighting words. It's like, well... You can steer your children. You can manipulate them pretty well. Um, you know, I didn't really tell my kids who to root for, um, but I had a Braves little mini cup, uh, one of their little helmets as an ice cream dish. And if you wanted ice cream in my house, you had to say, go Braves. <laughs> so you can like the Chiefs. You can like the Chiefs from your room and you can have no electronics for a week while you root for the Chiefs. That's fine. It's your choice. Your choice. Um, hey, Dad, can we go to the movies? Yeah, if Chelsea wins this game. You've never seen two kids root for Chelsea as hard as you can. So there's there's ways to just go ahead and manipulate them. And Troy, thank you so much for the super chat. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, shout out to you, Troy. Uh, yeah, keeping it back on the Chiefs here. They've been playing really good football. Uh, I'm curious to see if the interior offensive line for Denver can keep it up. Uh, one guy that you and I were very critical of uh, this season Still has limitations, but has been playing a lot better football is Lloyd Cushenberry. We'll see what happens with the offseason with him, but him, uh, Powers, and Miners matchup versus Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones is going to have a few reps in this game where he wins. It's just, he's a superstar. Uh, But uh, let's see if the interior offensive line can neutralize him enough. And uh, 
Russell Wilson protect the damn football. That last game, there were what two interceptions. One of them specifically was, I think, unacceptable. Uh, did he have a strip sack too? I would say that and was that, a fumble from the backside, wasn't it? That basically ended the last drive. Was that the right game or was that the Jets? I think it was the Jets game he fumbled. He had the interception to Bolton in the, that game where he just tried to fit a ball and that should have seen that guy there, threw it right to him. And there was another one that looked like miscommunication, I believe, to the right sideline. But uh, Russell Wilson protecting the football. Uh, and something I want to see in this one too, Scott, is I I would have to go back and uh, mess with the tendencies on this, but it feels like the Broncos have not really implemented a shotgun run game uh, compared to the under center run game. And I think if they are going to play against the chiefs this week, they need to figure out how to work that shotgun run game a little bit more effectively. And I think that says to me, Jaleel McLaughlin, Samaj Pierre. I know we want to see more Javante Williams, but Jaleel's ability to get the ball and go as a jitterbug. You don't have that same momentum as you do as an under center run game. So I want to see more uh, getting the ball quickly to, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, I think he can get uh, his acceleration would be better. So maybe more shotgun with Jaleel and uh, Samaji P. Ryan as well, just because of his uh, ability out of the backfield. I mean, he's not dynamic, so to speak, but if you get Samaji P. Ryan the ball against a linebacker, he's been doing some good things this season. So shotgun run game. I think that's something I'd be looking forward to specifically in this game and charting that. And, uh, you know, just checking out this um, this comment here from uh, from dom he says russ turns the ball over so much for a vet it's bananas i think this goes into the 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 tunnel vision that we have for our own players because i was looking at this yesterday he's got three fumbles and i'm not positive those are lost fumbles so let's just say they are uh but he's like only fifth or sixth in the nfl in in uh in interceptions his Mm -hmm. stats season leaders i go and i click on this guy and I sort by interceptions. He's got four, I think. Oh, see, it's got too many. I'm on the wrong spot. It's got too many. But I think he's got four interceptions on the year, which puts him like 10th, which isn't too bad. And then if I, you know, if I click on touchdown passes, he's one, two, three, four, five. He's fifth. He's fifth in the NFL in touchdown mm-hmm. passes and only like sixth or seventh in interceptions. He's actually not giving the ball away that much. He's playing good football. Um, is it good enough? You know, again, he's the, the trade and the contract are a standard that he's never going to live up to. It's just, it's, it's that, that ship has sailed now. So what can you get out of him? Is he playing, is he playing much better? Yes, he is. Um, and his numbers overall, there's some, on some, it, it just feels like more, I guess, because the games are close and the turnovers that have happened have been pretty pretty noticeable it's they've the melvin gordon syndrome was like he doesn't fumble a ton but by god it happens when you can least afford it and how many fumbles does he have on the year um that's three. Uh, um I, I think he's got three just looking at um i can't sort by fumbles lost i can't find that one but it's and i think they assume their fumbles lost because he's got three you know he had 14 fumbles lost in 2017 to go along with um I can't find the interceptions. This is a long one. Why wouldn't you have that right here too? You got touchdowns. Oh, those rushing touchdowns, rushing and receiving advanced. These all these big spreadsheets. I'm trying to find in a hurry. Um, what was that? 2017. I said. Yeah. He had 11 interceptions and like 14 fumbles. That's 25 turnovers. Yeah. He's got you know seven through seven games. Multiply that bet to 14. Round up. Call it 17. You're talking 17 total turnovers. 
there's guys with eight turnovers already. Hell, Desmond Ritter, I think, has that has eleven turnovers already. <laughs> Something yeah. crazy, but it's not that much, honestly. It's he's having a pretty good year. Yeah, I think you're, he's bumping his head against top ten play. There's just a lot of good quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, there are limitations, but really, I mean, he looks like a somewhat of a muted version of himself at uh, Seattle. You're not getting the same level of the explosives from him. You're not getting the same level of plays with his legs right now. He just doesn't have the same burst uh, twitch that he had back then. Uh, but overall, the offense has been outside of the Kansas city game. The offense has been efficient. Um, my biggest complaint with Wilson is that, and this is definitely a quarterback thing. Um, but I think they've done a really good job of moving the ball in the twenties once they get in the red zone, though, the red zone offense for Denver has to be one of the bottom five in the NFL. Uh, they just have not been able to be efficient once the defense gets more compressed. So that's something we're looking for in this game. Would they go one for four last week? It's just not been good in the red zone. And to your point, Nick, I think the the fact that it feels so conservative. How are you turning the ball over when you've got the lowest yards per completion and the lowest yards per attempt of your entire career? You know, why are you turning the ball over when you're only throwing the ball five or six yards? I think that helps make it feel because you're not getting those big plays to go with it. When you're airing it out and you're you're making big plays, it doesn't feel as bad because it, it balances out, but it's not really to like like you're saying. But he's still getting the touchdowns are there, but they're again, they're for the most part short touchdowns. Robot of Doom says, We want to talk about a QB underperforming his contract. How about Deshaun Watson? Oof. We should be happy with Russ. You don't you don't necessarily have to be happy with Russ, but you can be thankful you don't didn't make the Deshaun Watson move. And, oh, my God, what a risk. We talk about San Francisco and Trey Lance and three first-round draft picks for a guy who played one year of D2 football or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But how about $250 million guaranteed and three first-round draft picks plus for a guy who hadn't played in over a year? Oof. Yeah. It's hard to go to a new franchise – and on a new contract with all that pressure, let alone we haven't played out. You, you've, you saw it with Russell Wilson. It's not easy. He's playing much better his second year. This is Deshaun's first full year. It's, oof. yeah, be glad you're, you're, you're not Cleveland. You don't, you don't have to be happy with Russ. Doesn't mean, doesn't make Russ any better. But uh, yeah, th- that was, that's a tough one. It is definitely tough. Um, We'll see. We got Michael coming in saying, great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. We appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat and the support, Michael. Uh, as always, we really, really do enjoy you coming in and contributing, of course, and hopefully we can get you at the meet and greet next year. Uh, but yeah, Scott, any other keys to this Chiefs game before we uh, move on to, I just want to talk quickly about the uh, Jordan Reed's first mock draft. Oh, at 59 minutes, let's get into I the know, mock draft. I know. Uh, no, keys to the game. I mean, again, it's don't, you're going to have to get a little lucky. Um, take some risks. You're, yeah. you know, you, you can't, you can't go man to man with them and, and beat them. Really. You're going to have to take some risks, get a little lucky, go get some fourth down conversions, have a ball bounce your way. Hasn't seemed to in a while. Eliminate them. And then you just get into your cliches, you know, eliminate the penalties, run the football, defend the run, keep them in third and long. All those, they're cliches for a reason. Don't let somebody else beat you, I guess I might say. If Travis Kelsey gets his for 150 yards, so be it, but limit everybody else. Um, sometimes you're willing to let Michael Jordan get 40 as long as the other guys didn't pop in 80 points. Um, 
but no, I mean, it's, it's going to take not a perfect game, but it's, it's going to take your by far your best game of the season. And you've been in it. Mm -hmm. You've been in it. Now let's get a little lucky and in that streak. Yeah. Got to get a little lucky. Hopefully the ball bounces away. I mean, one big special teams play, you can see it. And we got uh, North Coots coming in saying, I believe we'll see what happens uh, with this game. Protect the ball and uh, play complimentary football and things can happen. Um, I think the defense has probably a little bit of confidence after success last week or two weeks ago against the Chiefs. So hopefully that'll help. Uh, real quick here, we don't have a lot of times left. Uh, we had Jordan Reed's mock draft um, coming in ESPN. Jordan Reed does his first mock draft of the entire year. Uh, based on ESPN's FPI, they predicted out the rest of the season from this point forward, and they had the Broncos ending up with the third overall draft pick uh, with that. Right now, the Broncos have the fourth pick, so they're predicting the Broncos probably only winning one or two more games. And he has the Broncos selecting quarterback Drake May with the third overall pick. Uh, Jordan Reed wrote that after a disastrous 5-12 and season in 2022, Broncos are once again struggling through the first half of the 2023 campaign. Yes, Russell Wilson is playing better, but he hasn't totally clicked with new head coach Sean Payton and is outside the top 20 in quarter uh, QBR at 46.1. Wilson's contract makes things tricky when it comes to adding another signal caller, but May is simply too good to pass up. In fact, the quarterback one race isn't quite over as May could make up ground on Will Caleb Williams. May has a good arm and has been an effective downhill passer, downfield passer this season with 26 completions of 20-plus yards. So Broncos going quarterback here. I think if you have a chance at Caleb Williams or Drake May, you take them. Um, and sorry, Colin, too early for this stuff. Well, we, we saved it for the, the last five minutes of the show, so hopefully you got enough other stuff here. Um, but uh, Drake May going there at three overall. Scott, if the board fell this way, I would probably take Drake May as well at this spot. Uh, I don't think there's much of a debate on who they go with. If this, you'd snatch your hand, you'd snatch his hand off to take it right now. Um, here's yeah. my, here's the card. I'm sitting there waiting. I'm standing at the edge of the podium waiting for the, the, the buzzer to go off. If, mm -hmm. if you know, it shouldn't take very long, but you're, you're, you're taking your quarterback here. If he's available, if you're top three, top four, they use the FPI on this. Um, I don't know that how they had the Vikings drafting at 21 with the FBI. That one kind of caught me by surprise. Um, but that's why it had the Broncos at three and it had the Cardinals taking Marvin Williams. So Marvin that Harrison. was available at three. Marvin Harrison Jr. Thank you. Marvin Williams was old. Uh, who's Marvin Williams? Marvin Williams was an old shooting guard for the Atlanta Hawks. I think he was a draft pick out of UNC or Duke. Sorry. Starts yes. going, uh, starts going together. Small forward. Small forward for the Atlanta Hawks. Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Caleb Williams, Marvin Williams, Marvin Harrison, Drake Brilliant. May. I take him at three. Yes, you may. Yeah, I mean, you're Drake, really you're, you're, you've got it. If you're in a position where you've got the record to draft top three and a 34-year-old quarterback, you take your quarterback. It doesn't matter how well Russell Wilson's playing. Yeah, and I think that both the quarterbacks are good enough that you'd be okay with them. Um, I don't think either of them are Trevor Lawrence level, but they're they're very special quarterbacks. I don't know if you've seen the stats about uh, Caleb Williams' ability. under. We talked about Russell Wilson, how much pressures are like his fault. So much for Caleb Williams this year. It's like almost like the nth degree of what the issues are with uh, Russell Wilson holding onto the football. Some of that is needing to play hero ball with USC's defense. There are some bad tendency uh, with uh, Caleb Williams, but I mean, he's just so gifted. Um, teams will love the traits and the tools. So we'll see what happens. I'd be surprised if any of Williams or May fall outside of the top three. Um, interestingly, here in this draft, we had Marvin Harrison Jr. going 
number two overall. Scott, I know we've had our debates about wide receiver value versus offensive tackle value and stuff like that. Uh, but for me, I think both of those positions are close enough, in my opinion, that in this scenario, I just take the guy that I think is the better prospect. Mm-hmm. Olu's amazing. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a, a tier above. So if the, both quarterbacks are gone, Broncos are picking three. I know we're kind of in a weird spot with, you know, quarterback and everything, but you have yourself, you have your, you have a chance to take arguably what looks like a potential top five wide receiver in the NFL. Take the wide receiver here, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, it, it depends. It's, it goes down to your board, your evaluation on that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have them equal and I needed offensive line, and if I, if I would, pr- if I needed a wide receiver and I needed offensive line, I'd go offensive lineman first. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I'm built. Trenches, trenches, trenches. Uh, the wide receiver doesn't bother me. And I know the Cincinnati Bengals were a nice exception to that rule where they're giving up 100 sacks, but they've got great weapons. But still, um, I, I just think the offensive line play is more steady week to week, season to season, the longevity of the player, et cetera. So the things I can do with the running game, all of it for me is is better. But if your wide receiver is a better prospect, then so be it. Um, the Caleb Williams slide thing, listen, when you've got a guy who's been hyped as the number one pick for two years, people are going to get tired of it. And they're going to start picking him to pieces. Mm-hmm. I will be absolutely floored if he's not one or two floored. Yeah. If he's not the one or two pick, despite the fact of we're going to make stuff up about his dad saying you wants part ownership. That's nonsense. It's absolute mm-hmm. nonsense. He's not That's able not. to do this. He's not able to do this. Well, we had a guy go uh, third overall for three first-round draft picks that hadn't even played more than a season of Division II football. You know, Last year at this time, C.J. Stroud was this guy and this guy and this guy. But a year before, he was one or two. Well, guess where he ended up going after everybody got done picking him to pieces? Two. So he's going one or two. Yeah. Uh, the other big takeaway I had from this draft um, – so one, two, three, I think the right guys come off the board. Even if the Broncos still still have Bowles or uh, and McGlinchey, I wouldn't have an issue with taking a tackle here. Figure out, just get the best five guys out there. If Mike McGlinchey is the most expensive swing tackle in NFL history, I don't give a damn. I need a building block piece here unless somebody offers me something unbelievable on a trade back. But I, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Taking, just taking the tackle if those three guys are gone. Olu Fashano is incredible. So is Joe Alt. Um, worth a shout out here. Dude, I get Fashano and $16 million by cutting Garrett Bowles. Guess what's going to happen? Probably cutting. You're cutting Garrett Bowles and taking $16 million and trying to invest it someplace in your roster and you're plugging that rookie in at left tackle. You can probably trade Bowles for but an okay You know what I mean. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if, if you're sitting at five and Fashano's on the board, you're taking him. Yeah. Because unless for some reason you've already restructured that contract or given him an extension, which you might have because you got to go into free agency before you go into the draft. Um, yeah. But one one thing we know is Garrett Bowles is not playing on that contract next year for the Denver Broncos. Things are going to change there. And two, one of the top five picks in this draft is going to be an offensive tackle. Yep. And I would say two of the top seven. Uh, Joe Alt also comes off the board quickly after that. Uh, a Notre Dame offensive tackle. And- I'm very much, maybe this is very a college opinion on this, but get the best five out there. If you trust your offensive line coach, you have enough intelligent guys out there. I mean, I wouldn't even be against the a one-year sample size of bowls at left tackle, left guard powers, minors getting a shot at center, your first round pick right tackle at right guard for a year, 
and then uh, right tackle being McGlinchey or whatever. Just get the best five out there. It's about the long term when you're drafting that kind of that early. Um, after that, though, you had Joel come off the board. Dallas Turner, who I'm glad to see Reed also has as his number one defensive prospect in this draft class, uh, Ed Rusher from Alabama. And then, of course, Brock Bowers. Scott, we have a lot of time left to go, and I'm not going to say anything definitively about this, but I think I t- tweeted you this yesterday. There's like a top four in this class where it's Fashanu, Harrison Jr., and the quarterbacks. After that, there's three prospects I really like in Bowers, Alt, and Turner. Draft pick eight through like 24, drawing names out of a hat. Pardon my French there. I mean, I, I am going to have a really hard time um, sorting those guys out. So that's kind of where I'm at in the uh, draft class right now. If you can get a top seven pick, that's great. If you're moving outside of the top seven, um, <laughs> then it's a, you better make a damn well trade because I think pick eight through 20 is about the same guys. And yeah, Quentin's laughing at me today. That's too much black coffee, Scott. Okay, I'm Earth- making a note on where I need to edit the, uh, the podcast. So <laughs> I typically don't uh, do that, but uh, yeah, excuse me. So uh, <laughs> Dave just gave us the like um, Garth Knight comments. So people love Caleb Williams. I don't get it, but I also thought Tim Duncan would be a bust. Yeah. We woke up Ethan. <laughs> uh, it is a little bit of a, a little grab ass there. I think I can say that um, for the, uh, the Broncos. You better be on your best behavior now. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Young man. any final thoughts, Scott, as we wrap it on up here? No, um, with the kind of luck I have, if eight is where the um, the draft starts to break, you will be drafting eighth. Uh, you start worrying about quarterbacks then. You start reaching for a quarterback. Penix, J.J. McCarthy. Uh, who else in there? Bo Nix. Jaden Daniels has been playing awesome this year. So, so you know, you start thinking about, uh, about that. Because, I mean, ideally you want to come out as – we talked about – when does this team really compete for the, a playoff? When are they a, a legit playoff contender? And, and I said 2026, so did you, assuming you get a quarterback. That's yeah. a big assumption. It's not that easy, is it, Broncos country? You you know how hard that can be. Yeah. Yes, it did. And I uh, appreciate you guys uh, giving me a little grace there on the uh, the dropping of the uh, curse bomb there. Luckily, it's at the very end. <laughs> yeah, the kids should be at school. This should be an adults-only show. Well, we were talking about four to five inches earlier, whatever that means of the uh, the snow happening uh, in uh, Denver coming up here. But guys, we appreciate you. Time for us to get on out of here. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at uh, BFB underscore pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, follow us also at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And of course, subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Uh, appreciate everybody coming in with the super chats today. We had Gary Palmer, Clinton Caldwell, Michael Ronquillo, Ken and HB, Garth Knight a couple times, Michael Ronquillo, and of course, uh, Ethan coming in here saying, I'll support that, Nick. Appreciate you, Ethan. Um, heck, if uh, if it takes just a few F-bombs to get a few more uh, super chats in here, then I'm in, baby. I, I definitely, I need to work on my potty mouth, Scott. I got the little guy coming, and I can turn into a sailor real quick. Yeah, when they drop a perfectly contextual gd on you you'll know it's time to start watching your mouth and you know unfortunately you know we grew up with the radio era with clean music on i don't have anything i can listen to that's we listen to like movie soundtracks for like 10 years in my car now they're what 12 and 14 yeah we're listening to all the stuff that i want to listen to now and uh i've just explained to them (laughs) joey laguardia come in appreciate you ethan uh, the, the Fisk, the, she, the, the chefs, um, 
is part of growing older and knowing all the bad words is knowing when you can and cannot use them. <sighs> well, appreciate everybody. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> definitely slipped here. That's I guess that kind of really shows my thoughts on that, Scott. I'm looking at the names after pick seven, and it's like, I don't effing know. I mean, I got I've some guys had, that I, I like. I had HR called on me for my potty mouth on the phone when I first moved to LA. I'm like, good Lord. Oh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> well, guys, as I always like to say, make sure you continue to choose compassion and kindness. Have a great effing day. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.